Hello, welcome to the Brazilian Health Nut Show. Here you will find cutting-edge information provided by the best experts in the world so you can learn how to burn fat for the rest of your life. Bruno de Gama is the Brazilian Health Nut in a mission to solve the problems you have when trying to lose weight forever. He is a nutritional therapy practitioner, a certified personal trainer, and a holistic lifestyle coach by the Czech Institute. Don't forget to say hello and sign up to our free newsletter at www.brazilianhealthnet.com. Let's go! All right, thank you so much for being here with me today, Margaret. I super appreciate your time. Can you tell a little bit about your story and how did you create your Eat Naked philosophy? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so I have always been fascinated with food and health. And it wasn't until I was in my mid-20s that I really understood the critical importance of what we eat in terms of our health. I'd been dealing with a chronic skin issue. I'd had eczema from you know head to toe, really bad case of it from the time I was in high school until my mid-20s. Just kind of the time, I mean, there's no good time to have eczema, but that's a horrible time. And... Um, I had been managing just with steroid creams, you know, that the doctors would give me. And one day, you know, it started to feel like this really wasn't getting better. In fact, it was getting much worse every year. And a friend of mine recommended that I, you know, look at things more naturally. And at that point, I'd never considered this. And um, I went to a practitioner, and she drastically changed my diet. You know, she worked on a bunch of more natural healing supports. And that eczema that I had struggled with since my teens went away within three weeks. And it has wow. never come back, and I am definitely not in my mid-20s anymore. So that was a profound moment for me when I realized, wow, what we eat and what we put into our bodies is really powerful and really critical for our health. So it took me a little while from that point um, to figure out that this is what I wanted to do with my life. But within you know, sort of the next hmm, five, eight years, I realized that this is actually what I wanted to do with my life. And I went back to school and um, really never turned back. It's been quite a powerful journey. And you ask about Eat Naked. You know, to me, Eat Naked really represents everything that I stand for, which is that we want to strip away all of the things that are not essential in our diet, whether that be too much processed foods, too much mm -hmm. sugar, um, too many miles that your food has traveled before it got to you know you and your dinner plate. Um, just really getting back to the basics because it can drive you absolutely crazy trying to figure out what to eat in this world where there's so many conflicting messages about this diet is the best diet or yes. this diet's the best diet. And to me, it's really about let's just strip away all of the non-essentials and get back to real whole food because to me, mm -hmm. that is the absolute foundation for healing no matter what's going on in your body. Yeah. Are you an NTP as well? I am an NTP. I've got oh, a lot of other things, good. but that's the core of my training. Yep. Yeah. So how did it change? Because I am an NTP as well, nutritional therapy practitioner. How did it change from the time when you start school and you learn all the kind of good <laughs> stuff that we learned there? Because you kind of see the world in a different way once you finish the course, right? Oh, you really do. I mean, I went into that class 
you know, I didn't have eczema anymore, but wow, I had a lot of other stuff going on that I didn't even realize were symptoms. I just thought they were normal. You know, I, well, first of all, I went into the class, I was a vegan and not a healthy vegan. I mean, I really was a, I call it now carbivore. I mean, everything that I ate was some form of starch and I'd throw in some vegetables to make myself feel good about things. But I, you know, I did not eat well. And, um, I had, you know, I had chronic migraines and I had crazy energy. You know, my energy would be really, really high in the morning, mostly because I drank like three cups of coffee. And then I would crash massively throughout the day. I couldn't imagine a day without chocolate of some form. Um, I had such bad digestive issues. I'd often have to lie down after meals because my stomach hurt so much. But to me, this was just normal, which is kind of amazing to look back and think that I survived like that and thought I was healthy. I was actually Mm -hmm. surprised when I ran some of the tests that we run with clients on myself and it came back so awful. And I took it to my instructor and said, well, what's, what's going on? And she actually looked at me and she said, you're a vegetarian, right? <laughs> I said, yes. How did you know? And she said, oh, this is a classic pattern. And, and as I said, I was not, I'm not going to say that, you know, a vegetarian diet is not appropriate for, every, you know, for, you know, everyone across the board. For some people, it can work. For me, it really didn't. And I was not eating a healthy vegetarian diet. So I changed things pretty dramatically in the course of that program. You know, I started, I, I started eating some meat. I was very conscious about what kind of meat I put in my body, only the cleanest meat from the healthiest animals. Um, I dropped what, the carbs. So what about, oh, sorry stuff. to cut you. Yeah. So, so what about uh, people who want to be vegetarian but want to do on a nicer way? Because there is a lot of people nowadays, they're following even veganism, right? It's a very trendy mm-hmm. diet nowadays on the media and we see everywhere. How do you talk to people about this situation? If Okay, if you want to be vegetarian, that's all right. Let's see if it works for your body, but let's do those things here. Let's really focus on this kind of food. How do you have this conversation? Well, you know, I have the con- I will share my personal experience and I'll share what I've seen clinically, which is that very few people can do well on a vegan diet, definitely for the long term. A vegan diet can be a wonderful diet for a couple of months as a cleansing process. It is a very cleansing diet, but we have to balance out cleansing and building. And a vegan diet is not a building diet. There's times in your life where you should absolutely not be a vegan, in my personal opinion. And that is um, my personal and professional opinion, I should say. And that is, you know, if you're preparing to conceive, if you are pregnant, if if you're in those sort of child-rearing years, I think it's a really, really not a good time to be vegan. I don't think children should be vegans. And I know that this might be very controversial, me saying this for some people, but I've never seen people... um, really thrive on that kind of diet over the long term. So I will have a really honest conversation and I do a lot of different types of testing with my clients. And so I actually let the test results speak for me. Um, and, um, and I find that really helpful because it's objective data. That's not me and my opinions. It is objective data about what's going on in their bodies and whether it's actually working for them or not. And honestly, nine times out of 10, it's not. Yeah, that's a it's a very long conversation. The veganism and vegetarian. You could just talk the whole show about that. But oh. actually, I want to get with you into something that we haven't talked here on the show, which is autoimmune diseases. Mm-hmm. Right? It's a very trendy topic as well. There is a lot of conversation about this topic nowadays. And can we start by defining what is an autoimmune disease? Absolutely. So. 
And autoimmune disease, I want to back up actually just to explain a one core function of your immune system, which is to your immune system is your body's defense, right? It is what defends you against invaders, viruses, bacteria, parasites, you know, any kind of pathogen, you know, the bad guys is what your immune system defends you against. So there's a key mechanism in that immune system which allows it to differentiate between your body, you, and invaders. It's that idea of differentiating between what we call self and non-self. So what is you, what is your body and friendly tissue, and what is an invader? It's a really, really important mechanism. And with somebody who has an autoimmune disease, that mechanism has gone awry. And their immune system is no longer able to differentiate between self and non-self. And it confuses things. And it starts to attack your own tissue. So when we say autoimmune, it means that the immune system is actually attacking your own body, not just an invader. And then how we define the disease, because there's over a hundred different autoimmune diseases. Yes. How we def- I was doing some uh, some yeah. research before the interview and I had no idea there are so many classifications. Like, yeah, like you said, uh, uh, over a hundred ones. It, Crazy. It, but go it's ahead. It's kind sorry. of amazing. And, and a lot of people will have an issue and not realize that it's autoimmune immune, you know, but, but the definition of the disease is based on what tissue the immune system is attacking. So for example, um, Hashimoto's thyroiditis, that means your auto or your immune system is attacking your thyroid tissue. Um, uh, psoriasis, that means your immune system is attacking your skin. Rheumatoid arthritis, your immune system is attacking your joints and the tissue around your joints. So, you know, and then sometimes you have ones that are much more systemic and it's not just a specific organ or a type of tissue, but it's sort of a whole body level. And that would be something like lupus is, um, and those are of course much more complex, but the same principle, you know, the immune system is now attacking either multiple organs or, you know, sort of the body on a system wide level. Yeah. So, so what are the most common ones that you see nowadays with clients that you work on a regular basis? I would say in my practice, I see a ton of people with Hashimoto's, with psoriasis, with rheumatoid arthritis. Um, and um, those would be the top three for me. Um, I, I think, you know, there's some that are really have become incredibly um, common. You know, Hashimoto's is absolutely so you know, so common, particularly among women um, uh, in their 40s. It's just, it's, it's kind of amazing how, how many women have it. Mm-hmm. So what is Hashimoto? Let's get into a little bit more details about, right. because I know it has something to do with the thyroid gland, right? Yeah. So it's basically that your immune system has developed an attack on your thyroid tissue. So that means that your immune system is attacking its own, your, your thyroid, and it's going to damage the gland and inhibit it from doing what it needs to do. Now, there's two different types of thyroid autoimmune disease. Hashimoto's is, ha- occurs when you have an, uh, an immune attack on the thyroid, and the result is that the thyroid's function is reduced. So it's what we call a hypothyroid condition. So it's not able to 
put out as many of the thyroid hormones. So its its function is is quite reduced. Um, mm-hmm. And the type of symptoms you're going to see with someone like this, you're going to see um, an inability to lose weight. They're going to be low energy. They tend to be a little constipated. These are people who always have really cold hands and cold feet. They might start losing their hair. Um, and they just, you know, in, in the more severe cases of Hashimoto's, they just feel awful. Like they can just barely drag themselves out of bed in the morning because your thyroid, of course, is responsible for your metabolism among, you know, many, many other important functions. Um, so when you have your immune system attacking it, um, it's going to inhibit its ability to produce those hormones. And then just to complete that, the Graves disease is more uh, or is less common, but it's the flip side of that. It means that it's actually revving up the thyroid and your your um, your body is producing too many thyroid hormones and you'll find pretty much the exact opposite symptomology. You'll find people who tend more to diarrhea instead of constipation. They tend to have lots of energy. Their heart is racing. You know, they kind of can't calm down. They can't sleep. They, you know, they're very, they're very revved up. So think about anything that would be, you know, that go along with your system being really, really revved up and not being able to bring that down. That would be an example of, of Graves' disease. Cool. So a lot of people are here because they want to lose weight. Mm-hmm. And can autoimmune disease be one of the hidden causes for some people? Like they cannot lose weight, like you just said, right? Because, for example, if they're having problems with thyroid, well, the, if the hypothyroid, one of the, the symptoms is slowing down metabolism, mm-hmm. which is going to be hard to lose weight, right? So a lot of people are just like, oh, let me cut calories, like exercise more, and I'm going to be, be losing weight. Right. But Wait a second, let's see if maybe you're having some deeper issues here and that, that's we're going to be having to treat, right? Exactly. No, absolutely. So in the case of a Hashimoto's, 100% that's going to affect your body's ability to, to lose weight, 100%. Um, and in fact, that's often how people discover that they have it is because they've done everything right um, and they're just feeling so baffled at why they just can't lose this weight. And... Um, and then they, you know, they go to their doctor and they feel like something's just not right. And when they do some testing, they actually discover that their thyroid is at the is at the heart of the issue. Now it's different for different types of autoimmunity, you know. So thyroid, the the low thyroid is a very very direct relationship with weight. With others, you know, in my professional opinion, every any time you have a body that is out of balance, that is going to Um, kind of throw off its equilibrium. And when you throw off the body's equilibrium, it's not going to behave optimally. Now, what that looks like is going to be really different from person to person. So it's hard to just make overall generalities. But basically, if you're not in balance and a body that is at the stage of autoimmune disease is definitely out of balance, then um, if weight is just not coming off for you, then absolutely the autoimmune disease could be a very important factor in that. Mm, yes, so true. And why do you think it's so common nowadays? I, uh, during my research, I saw that it's much more common during this time than it used to be, let's say, 50 years ago even, right? Oh, yeah. Why does autoimmune disease become so common? You know, there's so many different theories on that. It's a loaded question. It's a big question. Yeah, you know, (laughs) I have my own personal theories. I mean, really, so important to know, we don't actually know the specific cause of autoimmune disease. We do know that there are a lot of contributing factors. 
And so when we look at those contributing factors, I think that's where we find the clues to the answer of your question. So contributing factors, you know, diet, number one contributing factor by far. And the, the link between diet, it's, it's multifold, but um, a diet that is high in sugar and processed foods, which is the standard diet at this point, will lead to digestive issues and digestive dysfunction. And that's critical because when we talk about autoimmunity, because 70 to 80% of your immune system, depending on who you talk to, um, lines your digestive tract. Right. So, yeah. you know, your immune system, most of it lives in your digestive tract. That's so important to remember. So anything that you're doing that impacts your digestion necessarily impacts your immune system. And, you know, most people, it's, it's pretty rare to actually be born with an autoimmune disease. This is thing, these are things that, that typically develop over time. It happens. Yeah, that's what I want to ask, yeah. ask you, actually. Is it genetic or it's more like an epigenetic thing? Well, it's a combination. So genetics are another factor. That's about 25% um, influence. But as we know, genetics are only 25%. You know, there's that example of, you know, genetics kind of load the gun, but everything else in your life pulls the trigger. And that is, you know, the environment, your diet, your stress levels, um, your lifestyle, where you live. I mean, there's, there's so many factors to it. It's, it's kind of amazing. So it, genetics, yes, there's a piece of it. But it's not the only piece. And if you have the genes for it, it does not mean that you're necessarily going to become autoimmune. Um, and it's, it's just a small piece of the puzzle. But that, yes, that is a piece of it. Diet is critical. Your digestive health, I would say diet and digestive health are probably the top two, the most important factors in this. Um, and then... Um, you know, other things that are really, again, epidemic now, um, stress. One of the key triggers of an autoimmune disease is stress. So, it, it, And that's something that, you know, we just live with more sources of stress than we ever have before. And that's, that's part of that's lifestyle, part of that's environmental, part of that's what we're putting in our bodies. You know, stress comes in many different forms. But, you know, we... We are equipped with incredible mechanisms to handle stress, but we're not living in a world that our body has really, you know, our, our body biologically hasn't really caught up to how we are living. And so it just, it's really, um, the way we live puts an incredible amount of stress on our system. So that's a big fact. Yeah. I want to get with you a little later about the lifestyle factors. Before, but before that... Hey guys, what's up? Bruna Gama here, Brazilian Health Nut. And let's take a little break from the show because I would like to offer you something. If you go to my website, www.brazilianhealthnut.com and click on the page, Burn Fat Forever, you can go ahead and claim your free consultation with me right now, okay? Or you can just send me an email at brazilianhealthnut at gmail.com. So you can start to lose weight and feel healthier right now, okay? So go ahead and claim your free consultation with me and remember that spots are limited, okay? Now let's get back to the show. It's different from an aller allergy reaction as well, right? Can we differentiate uh, between uh, allergy reaction and uh, autoimmune disease? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're related, but they're different. So an allergy mm -hmm. means that you have an abnormal 
reaction to something that is really should be harmless. You know, like let's consider peanuts, for example. Like really, what's the danger of peanuts? Should be nothing. But in some people's immune systems have a very strong and life-threatening reaction when someone consumes a peanut. Um, so it's not that in an autoimmune situation, your body is attacking itself. With an allergy, it means that the immune system has developed a very strong reaction to a substance that should be innocuous. So, but if you have somebody who has a lot of allergies, that means that their immune system is going to be really engaged. And that actually brings to a really important point is that to have an autoimmune reaction, you, your immune system needs to be engaged in some way. So that's one of my biggest questions with clients is, okay, you've got an autoimmune reaction going on. That means that your immune system is busy. It's working right now. Let's figure out what it's attacking and try to solve that problem so that it's not confused. You know, because when you have with an autoimmune, what happens is when the immune system, it might be dealing with a bacterial infection. But your thyroid tissue gets caught in the crossfire. Do you know what I mean? That's kind of mm-hmm. just basically what's happening. So we want right. to sort of identify anything that's triggering the immune system and eliminate that. Um, and then, of course, support the immune system. So that's so the allergy is, yes, it's going to have a relationship with the um, autoimmune, right. but it's not the defining factor. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And is it curable or are we always, like people who have, let's say, Hashimoto, once they are diagnosed with Hashimoto, they always going to have it or they can say, oh, I'm free of Hashimoto one day. So it's, I like to think of it, it's kind of like a switch. You know, once the autoimmune switch has been turned on in your body, you can't turn it off. But that doesn't mean that you have to live with symptoms. It is, most of these diseases are actually incredibly manageable um, with, you know, with dealing with the things that I'm talking about. Digestion, right, right. diet stress. We haven't talked about toxicity, but that kind of thing, you know, immune burden, all those things, you can bring someone to a place where they have almost no immune engagement against their thyroid or whatever tissue it is. Um, But they they always have the potential for it. So that never goes away. So they have to be really conscious. Yeah. They just have to be aware of their their own situation and play accordingly, right? It's kind of like if, if you have problems with alcohol, you cannot have be having alcohol right the same way and so before you get into the diet protocol and the stress the lifestyle factors i would like to ask you about celiac disease what do you think about it why uh the the gluten thing it's so common nowadays people are talking all the time about being gluten-free and what's your take on that well so celiac disease and gluten intolerance of course are two different things so celiac disease Mm -hmm. is the um, you know, it's, it is increasing massively, so we can't ignore that. But it is where the consumption of any kind of gluten causes an autoimmune attack on your, the tissue of your small intestines. It's, a, it's, quite, a, it's quite a serious thing. And um, so it is, it is a lot more common now. Personally, I believe that it is, you know, there's a lot of different factors to that. You know, what we're doing to wheat and the quality of wheat has, you know, it's just, 
it's kind of amazing um, how much it's a different food, even from what we ate, you know, 20, 30 years ago as kids. It's really, you know, the, the wheat today is just, it's grown differently. It has been hybridized so many times to favor more gluten content. Um, and gluten, you know, the word glue is in there, right? And it, it's what makes bread nice and spongy. <laughs> um, mm. And it's interesting because if you ate bread, you know, 100 years ago, you wouldn't get that kind of beautifully spongy, doughy yumminess that we think of now with bread. It would be a lot more dense and hard because the wheat at that point did not have as much gluten in it. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's a key factor. Um, and I think all of these other pieces contribute to it. You know, the lifestyle stuff, the additional stressors, the additional toxins, the, you know, the fact that our immune systems are engaged a lot more than they used to be, um, then, um, you know, that, that will contribute to this. Yes, it adds up to the, to the craziness, right? It because really there does. Are so many, yeah, so it's, it's so many factors that, so it's one more on the ingredient list for this formula of creating this, these diseases and all these problems. So let's get into the protocol. Do you have like a diet protocol that you follow for all, all the autoimmune diseases or it's a specific according to the disease, if it's celiac, if it's Hashimoto? So I actually... I would say as an uh, the absolute starting point for all autoimmune at an absolute minimum is going gluten free. That's step one. Okay, and that is if you're celiac, of course, gluten is exactly what triggers the autoimmunity. So you have to be away from it. Um, you know, in thyroid kinds of autoimmune, in fact, the gluten molecule and thyroid tissue molecules actually look very similar. So that's one of the reasons that gluten is particularly um, not a good idea for anyone who's got any kind of thyroid stuff. But overall, gluten and autoimmunity are really, uh, gluten is incredibly hard on the digestive system overall. Um, and it contributes to a lot of the dysfunction, even if you don't feel it, it's, it's, it's doing damage, even in a healthy gut. So the, I, I always start with definitely going gluten-free. Cool. Now from there, I mean, I'm a big believer in a real foods diet. So I would make sure that somebody is eating um, a very clean diet, very low carbohydrate. Not, well, I shouldn't say low to moderate carbohydrate. That's such an individual thing. You know, I'm not... Um, there's a lot of talk about ketogenic diets and such right now. I don't, I don't, I definitely don't go that low with people. And I think that some people actually do better with a little bit of starch in their diet. I mm-hmm. tend to stay away from grains, mm-hmm. you know, um, with particularly with my autoimmune clients, but, um, but I definitely am more on the low carbohydrate end of things. Um, mm-hmm. lots of vegetables, you know, really good quality proteins, really good qu- and meats and, you know, really good quality fats. Um, and definitely. What about dairy? Sugar. Do, do you dairy. cut dairy at, at least for a little bit? So dairy, it's a very individual thing, you know, for some people. And I, so I actually rely a lot in my practice on testing. Yeah. So the one thing that I eliminate for everybody is gluten. I have found that for some people, they tolerate dairy just fine, even with an autoimmune disease. For other people, dairy is very much an exacerbating factor. And it's a very, I know that, you know, there's the autoimmune paleo diet, for example, yes. very strict diet. Quite frankly, I've never found clients who are able to, um, to, to stay on that diet just from a practicality perspective. It's so restrictive. And I don't find that we need to go that far. Um, what I do with my clients is, you know, beyond just a really straightforward, real foods diet, which is very low in, you know, eliminate processed foods, eliminate gluten, um, and be very, very low on the starch side of things. 
So that's my starting point. And from there, I always actually test individual clients to see what their bodies can tolerate or not. And we come up with something that's very specific for them. Because some people, there's really healthy foods that are actually causing an immune response. You know, I've had clients where avocados (laughs) are triggering Mm -hmm. more of an immune response than dairy. I mean, who would have ever thought of that? And you'd never figure that out without actually looking into you know, doing the testing to see what's actually going on in their bodies. So that's, that tends to be my approach, but I would say as a starting point, absolutely gluten-free, um, and, um, you know, really eliminating the sugar and the processed foods, sticking to real foods and being more on the low carb side of things. That would be a really good starting point for someone who's just suspects they have autoimmune disease and, or who knows they have autoimmune disease and isn't at the point of working with a practitioner. I do yeah. think that the best results are when you work with someone one-on-one, honestly, because you can really get specific at what's going on in your body. Right. Yeah. It's very bio-individual. It's every, so every bio-individual. We, yeah. talk, we talk about this here on the show all the time. What about your favorite foods and even supplements for this condition? Do you have like a favorite foods that you really ha- recommend people to support on this journey? Oh, interesting. It's the, you know, no one's ever asked me the question in that way. They always ask it, what stay away from? Um, that's such a good question. So favorite foods. Well, I don't know if there's any specific foods that I favor. I mean, of course, there's the healing foods. I'm a big believer in things like bone broths and mm. cultured foods, fermented foods, you know, traditional foods, organ meats. I feel like those foods are... Um, you know, the, the more they come back into our diets, the more beneficial they are. Um, but I'm really a big believer in diversity. And I think that's actually more important than the individual foods because I've actually had clients who come to me and every single day they're drinking their beef bone broth and they're taking their cod liver oil supplement and they're eating their, you know, raw fermented sauerkraut. And they're, you know, and then we do testing and we find out that they're sensitive to beef, cabbage. <laughs> cod you know and so i think if the, the the most more important than favoring certain foods is adding diversity yeah because support also especially to support this di- digestive system because oh. since we're talking about here autoimmune it's all about the digestion right it, the digestion so it really is and we tend yeah. to get into these ruts, you know, where we buy and eat the same things day in day out we have the same breakfast every day we have the same things in our fridge for snacks, you know, and I think breaking out of that as much as possible and, you know, introducing yourself to vegetables that you might never have cooked before or worked with before, or just, you know, really trying to mix things up is is very beneficial. Yeah. Somebody just um, sent me a message today before here the interview about uh, eating healthy and, oh, but man, I'm going to be having just chicken and broccoli. So I was like, oh, man, you're having, it's a different uh, philosophy here. You're going to be having a lot of foods. It's um, right. about variety. <laughs> and a lot of people still think health, it's it's kind of like a restrictive and boring, right? Oh, so, anything but. Anything but. It, it really, it's such a, it, that is such a perception of it. And really, when you get into particularly working with this paradigm, which I know you share, is, yeah. you know, the diversity and the, you can, you can have some of the most delicious <laughs> foods you've mm-hmm. ever had. And they're just so good for you. It's also, you know, I'm sure you've talked about this in other episodes, but the fat piece is so important. Oh, you know, yeah. low fat diet is just, it's not going to get you anywhere. It's not going to get you to your weight loss goals. It's not going to get you, I mean, it's important for your immune system. It's important for, um, I mean, for, it's important for everything in, in your body. So, um, so making sure you're getting a lot of good fat, fats in there is really critical. 
Yeah, my meals are always different, especially especially when I'm in the USA because I have to cook my food. Mm -hmm. So I always try to bring different foods here and there. When I'm in Brazil, it's a little more consistent because my mom's here, so I just um she she does the cooking <laughs> at home. So yeah. it's kind of like I give her the ingredients, and so it's pretty much the 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 way she does, right? But when I'm doing, which I'm not a good cook, so I'm always doing different stuff. Mm -hmm. And so what about supplements? Do you have a list of supplements that you think people should be having no matter what? Again, here, this is this is actually where I get really bio-individual. You know, mm -hmm. um, I would say there's families of supplements, but I, I'd be very hesitant to make specific recommendations because I think it is so... It is so bio-individual. So typically I will work with someone with their digestion, but that is going to look completely different from person to person based on what's going on with them. But I want to make sure their digestion is robust and strong and that, you know, that they're, they're really, that that piece of the puzzle is really locked in. So I'm always going to include some digestive supports. I'm always going to make sure that their ability to detoxify is really again, robust and strong. Um, again, this is going to completely depend from person to person. With some people, a little bit of liver and gallbladder support is all we need. With other people, we need to dive in and do deeper testing, and maybe they have some genetic issues that are preventing their bodies from detoxifying fully and properly, and then the support gets to be a little bit more complex. But I'm always looking at that piece. I'm also always looking at the, the immune system. You know, is it engaged, and how can we support it, and how can we re-educate it so that it starts to differentiate again between what is self and what is non-self. But again, these are all so, um, you know, I, I really don't actually believe even something like, you know, I could say, oh, vitamin D, but you know, you're there in Brazil. You guys probably don't, you know, your, their vitamin D levels are going to be completely <laughs> different. I moved recently from Los Angeles, California to Portland, Oregon. My vitamin D has never been an issue. You know, after four months in Portland, my vitamin D hit rock bottom. I had to start supplementing. So it's, there's so many factors, you know, I mean, I could say probiotics, yeah. but even that, you know, there's, there's so many different pieces of it. I don't want to make general recommendations because I think that that actually can be a little bit dangerous. So I yeah. would just say that there are areas that I think are really important to look at, um, but that it's really a good idea to work on that with somebody who can help you assess specifically what's going on in your body. Yeah, I just test my vitamin D actually last week here in Brazil, oh, yeah. and it's it's in check, I can tell you. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting a lot of sun, it's, it's all good. So what's the best way to find out if we are having these problems, right? Because a lot of people, they're confused. I mean, they're trying right. to lose weight, let's say, and like, oh my God, I don't know what's going on. I'm doing everything right. So are you running labs and yeah. how do you go about testing, right? Because we have to test to really know what's going on. Yeah, so the testing, it's actually, it, this is one of the issues with autoimmune diseases. It's actually quite, they, they come on slowly and gradually. Um, and they're actually can be a little elusive and, and mysterious. So they're difficult for, you know, medical practitioners to diagnose. So I just want to be super clear. I'm not a doctor. I don't diagnose or treat anything. Um, right. but, um, what, you know, what I recommend folks to do is if you suspect that there's something like this going on, work with a functional practitioner. So whether that be a functional doctor or a naturopath, someone who has, a perspective that is more holistic than your typical doctor, okay? 
and get your your functional practitioner. There's functional nutritionists. That's one of the, that's what I am. Um, get that person to guide you to a very comprehensive blood chemistry panel. That would be a really good starting point. Um, one that in particular is going to include your um, what they call the CBC with differential, which means that they're going to look at all not just total white blood cells, but they're going to look at the breakdown of all the different types of white blood cells, and the same thing for red blood cells. That is a really good starting point because it's going to show you um, if there's immune activity. You want right. to include also markers like um, you know markers for inflammation, like CRP, the C-reactive mm-hmm. protein. Um, and fibrinogen. Um, and, you know, I just, as comprehensive a blood panel as you can do. Now, the rest is going to really depend on what's going on for you specifically. You know, if you present, for example, let's say you became my client and you came to me and you said, I have, my hands are freezing cold, my feet are freezing cold. I only take, I only have, you know, it's so hard to have bowel movements. I tend to be really constipated. I have absolutely no energy. You know, if someone is presenting with a pattern that looks like one of these um, autoimmune issues, then you can guide that, you 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 can add in specific markers on that blood panel that will tell you if there are antibodies to that particular tissue. So with thyroid, for example, there's a couple of different antibodies that can, if they are present in your system, that tells us that your immune system has built up, um, it is basically attacking the thyroid. But would I just run thyroid antibodies on everybody? No. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. um, and it really depends on um, you know, that's only for thyroid. And as we just discussed, there's hundreds of different or over a hundred different autoimmune diseases. So the starting point is that really comprehensive general blood panel so that you can see patterns and see, oh, is it likely that there's further investigation that needs to happen? And then from there, it's really a conversation with your doctor looking at a combination of that blood work and your symptoms to determine what other tests should you run to see if there is autoimmune activity. And it's, you know, I I could, you know, it's so technical. I don't know if, you know, I I would say, let's kind of leave it at that. And, you know, really it's a conversation between you and your practitioner to figure out what is the next step? Because every one of these diseases has different markers for it. And you you wouldn't go and just run a panel that included every single marker for every single autoimmune disease. That would cost you thousands of dollars and give you, you know, it, it would just, it would send you down rabbit holes that you don't necessarily need to go down. Yeah, for sure. Go over the basics and yeah. see your symptoms and then see from there we, we go a little deeper if needed, right? Mm-hmm. So let's talk about some of the other lifestyle effects like you told before. Mm-hmm. And stress, I think it's a huge one nowadays, right? And right. The, the, this world that we live, we cannot not talk about stress. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Stress is a really, really important thing. And as I was sharing before, that's often a major life stress is often what triggers the onset of an autoimmune disease. So it's often that, you know, maybe some of the predisposing factors are there already. You know, maybe you're eating a lot of gluten and maybe you have the genes for it and maybe your immune system, maybe you had mono or something like this when you were younger, any of these kind of 
um, viral infections that hang out in the body can can be an issue. Or maybe you had a root canal and you have a low-lying bacterial infection in that root canal that you're not aware of. So maybe all that stuff was there, but you hadn't it hadn't tipped over into autoimmune yet, you know. But then something major happens in your life. Maybe you go through the death of a loved one or a divorce or a major stressful time at your work or a big move. You know, there's there's so many things that can that can cause a major you know be a major stressor and that was the thing that was the tipping point so um you know in those kinds of examples that i just gave you often those are really unavoidable and i in you know in my head i kind of categorize stressors into two categories you know you have the major life transforming stressors that are unavoidable and then you have ones that are chronic and totally manageable and totally avoidable, but that we're doing on a regular basis. And so my approach to this lifestyle piece is to look at it from those two different perspectives. For the ones that are unavoidable, um, what I think is the most important that is controllable within, you know, with, within the power of your control is to develop some kind of routine habits that help you mitigate that stress so that you're ready for it when it comes. Things like developing a daily meditation practice, getting outside every day, um, getting enough sleep. These things sound so basic, but it is amazing how few people actually do them. So they're really important. Um, You know, winding down an hour or two before bed and turning off the computer, having a day a week where you have no no computer time, no phone time, you know, where you unplug one day a week so you don't, you reduce your exposure to those electromagnetic fields. Um, you know, there's those, those kinds of things are habits that you can build over time that really help you, your body handle stress so that if something major and unavoidable does happen, you're better equipped to handle it. Um, doesn't mean it's going to be easy, but it means that physiologically and emotionally and mentally, you'll have more resources to be able to handle it than if you're really depleted and you're not doing any of these things, then something major happens and it's the thing that pushes you yeah. over the edge. Yeah, yeah exactly. We got to do the fundamentals first, right? Sleep and do this breathing exercise and walking and getting sun. I think that covers most of this this lifestyle factors for sure. Uh-huh. Uh, Margaret, is there anything else that you like to share with us regarding autoimmune disease or, or really anything about that you haven't talked today? Um, no, I mean, I think that, I think we've covered really the bases. I think that, I mean, I just think the key messages here are to know that, you know, at least here in the U.S., we, you know, the National Institute of Health shares that we've got over 50 million people have some kind of autoimmune disease. That's one in five people. That's huge. It's a big deal. Yeah. You know, um, and it's not something that's discussed and it's not something that, frankly, the medical world has a lot of tools to deal with. You know, um, if I have a car accident, please don't take me to a chiropractor, right? Like take me to the mm-hmm. trauma surgeon. You know, there's a, there's an, I'm not down on Western medicine. They have an incredibly important role in the time and place. But when it comes to these more chronic issues and in particular autoimmune disease, There are tools, and you know, something I didn't share, a little personal story. My mother um, 
was diagnosed, she had lupus and rheumatoid arthritis. And that's ultimately, um, you know, she struggled with this for over 20 years. And so I have a very, very personal experience of watching someone who absolutely went the medical route. And the, the tools that they had for her, and it's still the tools they have today, are to suppress the immune system, which has major side effects. They, if there's pain involved, they'll try to manage the pain. Again, often major side effects with that kind of medication. And then if there is a specific tissue or hormone level or something that's being affected, they'll try to substitute for it. So if someone, for example, has a thyroid autoimmune disease, they'll give you thyroid hormone, synthetic thyroid hormone. And that's just, that's one example. But those are basically the tools they have in their toolkit. So they're looking at managing symptoms. They don't do anything about looking at these underlying factors. Yeah, the root cause is not being covered. No. Right? That's the problem. Yeah. And the reality is going that route, I've seen it firsthand, it's excruciating. It is a slow process of deterioration and how much of it is the disease and how much of it is the side effects from the cocktail of medications is anybody's guess, but it's not, you never get to the root of the problem and it never gets better. It gets worse and worse and worse. And that is, it's, it's extremely horrible for the person who is living with it. And it's extremely hard on the family as well. So having, you know, my mother ultimately passed away from side effects of the medication. So, you know, the things that were keeping her alive were the things that, ki that killed her in the end. And it was really, really hard to watch the progress of things with her. And, um, and now, you know, I wish that I can't even tell you how much I wish I knew then what I know now, because it is so possible to live a completely normal, healthy, vibrant life with an autoimmune disease and handling it naturally. I see it time and again. There's many, many, many stories of this. I see it in my practice all the time. And, you know, there's some, there's some really, you know, amazing stories. You know, you hear of Dr. Terry Walls as one example. Yeah. Um, and, you know, people who are just like bedridden, barely able to move their bodies, who have been able to completely um, turn things around. Again, they still have to manage it. They can't just go back to eating, you know, Cheetos and bonbons. Um, you know, they're definitely living in a specific way, but they're living rich, vibrant, healthy, active lives. And people, you know, and so I just, I say, I say, say this to just say is that if this is something that you think you're struggling with, um, there's absolutely support for you out there. And, um, and it doesn't have to mean a life of slow degradation. Um, and, and it's, it takes work, but gosh, it's totally worth it. So. It's worth it. It's worth it. Well, thank you so much for sharing this with us. And where can people find you and what's next for you now? Um, so people can find me at uh, eatnakednow.com. That's mm -hmm. my website. Um, and um, another place, just in case there are other practitioners listening to this, I also am part of a, um, of a group that, where we do advanced functional nutrition training for practitioners. So if you happen to be a practitioner listening to this podcast and this stuff is intriguing to you, um, I'd invite you to check out restorativewellnesssolutions.com. 
um, because we share a lot of these tools. Um, it's, this is specifically for practitioners. So if you don't mm -hmm. have some kind of certification or licensing under your belt, you will need to start there first. But this is for practitioners. If this is something that's tweaking your interest and you want to dive deeper in these kinds of complex issues, then that's something as well. So that's that's actually really where I'm going right now. Is is I definitely am still seeing clients privately, but I'm also um, leaning more to training other practitioners. Training other because there's so, so people, few people with these yeah. tools, and it's really important skill set. Awesome. That's awesome. Congratulations for that. Thank you. So, yeah. So, thank you so much for being here with us today. I learned a lot today, and I, I'm sure people also learn a lot. Oh, I hope to you. talk soon. Thank you so much thank for you. having me. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Brazilian Health Nut Show. Go to www.brazilianhealthnut.com for much more information about how to burn fat for the rest of your life. Hasta luego.